You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Welcome back once again, everybody, to the Eye on the Prize, the award season podcast. The host with the most, Justin Zarian, talking to you right now. And it's a special pre-Christmas recording, which means that we, unfortunately, are short one dude. Because um, Ian is a responsible adult who has jobs and stuff to do. Meaningful so... employment. <laughs> Not to say I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm an te- assistant teacher. That's you know, true. That's yeah. true. But you, but you got Christmas break. That's true. That's true. I have the benefits of a student, but the responsibility of an adult. But, so, holding down the fort is myself and my wonderful co-host, the one who is available this week, Shaquille Lambert. Shaquille, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling, you know, enjoying my own Christmas break, too. But, yeah, I'm doing good. Awesome. Yeah, I hear you're being pretty uh, buried in snow up there in Canada. Oh, yeah. No, it hit, like, hell last night. And my brother woke me up at, like, 9.30. I was trying to sleep in. And he's like, yo, we got a shovel. And it was it was rough this morning, but you know, pulled through, and now I'm just gonna chill inside, just playing some Xbox, just catching up on some games again, and just hanging out, talking about some award stuff. Woo, yeah. Which and don't worry, people, this is a very short recording because this is that time like right before all the big things happen. Like, okay, so we we already had the Golden Globes last week for the nominations and the Screen Actors Guild, and then this week is more of, uh, you know, it's it's mostly the short list because. When you need to vote for the Oscars, you clearly just can't vote for anything. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have some parameters, some rule set. Exactly. So, like you see some like wild out of nowhere picks of like only like two people voted for it. <laughs> yeah. So to narrow down the focus, the Academy released a few short lists and we're going to talk about them a little bit in depth. Um, but first of all, I want to catch up on whatever has been going on with you this week. Have you seen any movies? Have you done anything else other than Shovel Snow? What's been going on with you, Shaq? Um, in terms of movies, yeah, again, this week's been kind of like a dry week. I haven't really watched anything. Again, just mostly just catching up on games, like playing some, uh, I'm playing some Grand Theft Auto, just playing that again, catching up with some friends. Um, and one game, though, I've been, I've been just kind of digging into right now is called Shadow Warrior 2. And Ooh, I know that one. Yeah, uh, I've been a big fan of it. At least I was a big fan of the last one, and uh, I was looking forward to it. So I just picked this up, and I'm not entirely crazy about the fact that it turns a bit to a, a of a loot shooter, kind of like a uh, Destiny and those kinds of games. But like the big the the sense of humor that was really endearing in the first one, and it's still the kind of throwback gameplay to like old school '90s shooters is still there. And it's just certain elements I wasn't crazy on that they added, but they picked it up in the sense of, like, the variety of weapons that you could pick are is absurdly large. Like, very early on, you could pick up a chainsaw and just go all straight evil dead on demons and shit. It's great. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, I mean, and yeah, it looks like a fun game. I've seen some playthroughs on, like, sites like Rage Select, which is also related to OneWest.net. Uh, check them out. Um, but yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a fun, yeah, like you said, it's a very throwback shooter in that old school style. And, I mean, what? The character's name is Lo Wang. You know what they're aiming for. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it looks really cool. So no, that, that's fair enough. And not, I haven't been gaming as much lately because, hey, folks, I'm in Idaho visiting the family. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, so my Xbox is back home, and I have, like, a Game Boy here. Oh, not Game Boy. What year am I in? <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this, 1998? <laughs> my DS with me. 3DS. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel old. But <laughs> I did actually get a uh, a bit of a movie binge. Yes, Justin actually does watch movies sometimes. Finally. So, 
I went this weekend, I did a marathon and I saw three movies in a row, back to back. Literally walked from one theater to the other <laughs> for that that several hour block. I haven't I haven't done that in years. I want to do that again. Because last time I did it was um must have been actually no, I don't remember when was the last time. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really really cool. Uh, it's you know it'll make you feel like your butt sore and you'll feel a little bit zombified by the end. But uh, it it's really really fun. And as thankfully, I got to see three big profile movies. So um, the big one, the one that actually I ended with, but I want to just get out of the way because, well, I saw Star Wars, and that was a thing. I don't like I don't like that tone of voice. <laughs> You're not going to because I really didn't like it very much. Boo. <laughs> that sucks. I, I know I feel bad. I'm, I know Ian's gonna curse me out next week oh, this, but both, we're we're gonna gang up on you again on some tag team shit. <laughs> Look, I I appreciate some of the stuff it did. I think that it made a few bold plot twists that I liked. You know, it it pretty much the only purpose of this movie was that Ryan Johnson looked at everything that Force Awakens did and everything that um. Uh, that that Empire Strikes Back did and said, you know what? What if we did the opposite? You know, and that's that's cool and all, except just because something's different doesn't mean it works narratively. And I feel like it, we it, still it's, just, it's still too soon to discuss spoilers. No, 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 no. I'm not going to discuss spoilers yeah. on here. Actually, I'm already... I haven't, I haven't, we haven't had an episode since I went to go see it because I have. I think uh, I had the complete opposite uh, opinion of you at least right now, Kurt. I loved it. I could see the flaws that you're talking about, but I still highly enjoyed it. Like, I, I'll tell you right now that I'm not a fan of the Finn storyline. No, everything with Finn and especially Rose, because freaking Rose, I hate Rose. I oh, think I, she, thought, I thought she was great, personally. Oh, I could not stand her the entire time. I thought that she had, like, she served almost no purpose in the plot other than to be that albatross around Finn's neck to make him not do anything for most of the, most of the movie. And... I, again, I can go on and on about what was my big issues with, with her. I just thought that she wasn't a good character, and Kelly Mia Tran was not very good performing here in this movie. I mean, not as if she could never do a good performance, I just didn't think she was good in this movie. So, per- yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I get the idea of, like, what why it bothered you, but to that effect, it's still... I still enjoyed what she brought to the movie. I still enjoyed her performance, and, like, despite... I think the issues with it is more in the sense of the writing and just, like, the the plot itself. But that's but, what bugs uh, me so much. Yeah, it's just that it's this movie is so structurally unsound and really kind of mediocrely written. Like, I get Ryan Johnson is a really good director. I don't think he does very well with his own material. Like, Looper was an all-right movie. I think it's got some really great, great segments and some really flawed segments. Yeah. And that's kind of what I found here. It's like there's some really inspired moments but it's a four-act movie that's really way too long to begin with. And I feel like if he had just consolidated a few of these stories, like, you really didn't need to split up Finn and Poe in this movie. I think that was a really huge mistake. Yeah. Like, if they had actually merged Finn's storyline into Poe's storyline. Like, you didn't you didn't need Rose. Or if you did, she would serve a different purpose in the story. Mm-hmm. But if you had found a way where they're both dealing with the whole kind of, you know, mutinous angle that they're going with, uh, where they're arguing with the leaders... I think that would have been a better character arc for both of them. You know, you didn't need to go to the casino planet because that, pretty much, what narratively speaking, that was a waste of time. It was, like, honestly, it, it was. But at the same time, I feel like it was the much, it, it, it was levity that was needed because that's, so, like, the whole movie was dark as hell. But that's the and problem think... is that it's the wrong kind of levity because 
their levity is like prequel level levity, where it's like, oh, hey, there's that goofy alien that puts coins in the, into BB-8. Or, hey, look, it's the fat lady singing at the end of the, of the segment. Yeah, I think I, I think that the, the one thing, though, is that that whole, the big, the big kind of chase that's in that whole sequence was Ugh. way too long. It, it was you, badly you animated too. You, yeah, dude, you could have cut that in half, and it would still like nothing would have changed. It well, just, and also we, the whole the whole angle of the whole like, oh, we're freeing the animals and we're liberating the pride and this kind of stuff. It's like, um, the logic behind that is flawed and overly simplified and kind of stupid to begin with, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I think we should cut it short here because I feel like we need to have a more in depth discussion with Ian here. Oh yeah, no, I because I think I think he'll be the one who will actually try and defend it. <laughs> Am I the Tony Stark here again? You and uh, your uh, your yep, Captain America. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I still I still enjoyed the hell out of uh, the other two um, storylines, especially the one with Ray. Like no, uh, everything with Ray, you... Kylo, and Luke was great. I think that yeah. was probably the part that worked the most. Oh, the, the entire scene in in the red room with Snoke and everything that was. I think that might be the be- one of the best, if not like the best, uh, just moment in Star in Star Wars, at least recent memory. Um, but at least that that's, that that lightsaber fight, that big lightsaber fight, is the best out of the entire uh, franchise. I, I'm, I'm I, gonna say it. I'm gonna put it down there. I think it's an all right start, uh, lightsaber battle, but I think Force Awakens, uh, Return of the Jedi, and um, uh, Darth Maul that fight were all better fights, personally. I had no. I had to shift. I had to shift. Darth Darth Maul was my favorite, but I had to shift that to number two. <laughs> but right, uh, right. also, it was, it was interesting. It was a different fight, to be fair. But also, uh, um, I wasn't. I wish that they gave Lordern more to do. Oh, instead see, of the, I, way, I, the way that they did with her, I found her really grating as well. Because like, look, I get the idea behind her character, but there's two giant things that undermine her importance in the story. I think, yes. and I can't talk about them without. Yeah, the let, let's just let, you know, let's just cut it off now before we accidentally go off the rails. Yeah, but I just found, I found the the logic behind her conflict with Poe was stupid, personally. But yeah, oh no, no, that that totally. But um, yeah, yeah, okay. So, but I did see two other movies, and I'm really excited about to talk about these ones and. To be fair, I saw these before I saw Star Wars, so it heightened my bar a little bit. Yeah, but, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but, I mean, having thought about Star Wars, I can still say there were some objective problems. But the one I saw first was Three Billboards, and I love that movie. That movie right? is so good. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, okay, Three Billboards is very much a stage play, but filmed. You know what I mean? Like, like just the way it's structured, the way it's, it's very character-driven with the performances. Because you got... Three great actors doing great, great character work in this. You know, you got Francis mm-hmm. McDormand, you got Woody Harrelson, and you got Sam Rockwell. And what I like about it is that no matter how gonzo the plot gets, it always focuses around these characters. You know, like it always finds a way to evolve them, to reframe them, to give them validation and criticism. It, and I think it's maybe one of the most like thought-provoking discussions on the way anger consumes people that I've ever seen. You know, because. Ultimately, the story is about people who just cannot let go of either self-loathing or loathing towards other people or whatever the case may be. It's a very angry movie, just very angry and bitter and upset about everything. And yet it's it's trying to find vindication, but not justification for its anger. You know, like, yeah. and, and it, it's hard to explain exactly without going into detail or without de- belittling the argument a little bit. But it's just, 
you know, based on the subject matter alone, you know, the idea, like, how do you get justice for a crime of that magnitude that can never be resolved, you know, like, at least yeah. not unless you can find somebody who actually did it, but, like, if you have no evidence or anything to lead to this being solved, there's just no way to get rid of that anger, and mm -hmm. I just, I was just amazed. I think it was just, like, really sharply written. It was, it, it, it towed that right amount of dark comedy to not overwhelm any of the drama. You know, yeah. like, it's it's funny, but it's uh, it's only a chuckle funny until you're like, oh, oh. Oh, wait, yeah, no, <laughs> shit, this is, this is really happening right now. Um, yeah, and I mean. I know, I, 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 I still, I still love that movie. Um. The only thing is that it's slightly gone down to me because after discussions with some people that certain elements that they brought up but kind of never resolve not not concerning the main story but something that they brought up that was really kind of problematic that upon thinking about it I was like yeah they didn't really do that kind of well was personally like the whole kind of racial thing where they brought up because uh, they they had mentioned <sighs> that I um feel, I don't feel like that was the focus of this movie like, it's, it's not something... but something that they brought up and was don't even conclude in a in a way that feels like kind of good well i think the problem is too there is that we've seen that type of story in better in other movies and i feel like that was only there really to enhance sam rockwell's character it does like, that's what i mean like i i get that but at the same time it it doesn't they don't address it in a way that feels like because it feels something that would end up being significant but it ends up not being significant at all I think that's it's it's very much a misdirect in that case, and I'll I'll agree to that in that sense. But I think it was enough where the whole point was to reframe Sam Rockwell's character near the end because he starts off just being you know your typical Southern racist cop kind of thing, but that shit you know that that, that peels back layers and dimensions to his character. I feel you know where you're mm -hmm. like, well maybe it's not even that he's fully racist. I mean no, he is racist and stupid, but there's some very real reasons for his racist and stupidity. You know, <laughs> just. It, and not in the sense like they justified in the behaviors, but you see where they come from in that sense. And I just, it was just interesting to see that unfold where you realize, you know, maybe Sam Rockwell is not a villain like we thought he would be. He's still a terrible dude. Oh, no, I still don't like him. I just get, like, at least within the context of the, like you mentioned, like the main conflict of, like, the whole uh, Francis McDormand trying to find who killed uh, her daughter. That I can, like, that, it worked in that sense. But just the other thing that they brought up, I feel like it was wholly unnecessary. Like, I get it was to make him a bit more unlikable, but it feels wholly unnecessary. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. Although, it did, it was one of my favorite early jokes when they were talking, about, you know, she brings up the whole thing. It's like, I hear you into the N-word torturing. Oh, like, the, no, the, no, uh, the, person the, of color torturing. I, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the interrogation. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know why. Like, they just caught me off guard with, like, how matter-of-fact and frank that conversation was. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, so that, that movie was great. I really liked it a lot. The other movie I saw was Lady Bird. And I really dug that movie a lot, too. I think... It's funny, because it's a very different movie than Three Billboards. Where Three Billboards is very old-school, stagey. Uh, Lady Bird feels like one giant montage the entire time. You know, like, just the way it's edited, the way it's paced, it's... It goes by so quickly from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. But it feels very organic in that same way. Where it's like, yeah, you, you're watching the day in the life of this teenage girl, you know, played by Saoirse Ronan. Just seeing her mature, become her own woman, deal with the struggles of her family and poverty and that such. And I just thought that it was, on the whole, just superbly well done. And especially, it's a great showcase for a female director. You know, because I saw some people... and. Okay, I'm gonna call that Watch Mojo because freaking Watch Mojo. Oh boy. They were saying they were saying like, 
you know, top 10 films of the year, one, it was a way too populist of a list. Because it's like, look, Get Out is one of the best films of the year. But all these other films, I don't know, Wonder Woman top 10 films? You guys didn't put any indie films on your list? And they're saying, like, oh, Wonder Woman, can, you know, shows off Patty Jenkins doing some of the best directing of the year. I'm like, um... He's like, the, th- the third act kind of kills it, but I think for the... At least for the first two acts, I could say... I, like, I can agree with that. But no, that that third act, when it's that, that, that big fight, no. But... Yeah, I mean, and she does some great work in there, but I think if you're looking for really strong female director showcases, Greta Gerwig does a great job with this movie. Like, just... What she had to do to try and mine emotional depths from these characters and, you know, keep a tight focus on everything. I think she really showed off, you know, her and Catherine Bigelow with Detroit really show off the great female so- showcases this year. But, uh, yeah, I think Chester Ronan's great. I think Laurie Metcalf is really, really good in this role. I think uh, it really made me feel nostalgic for the 2000s without feeling overly, like, you know, remember this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> It's one of those things where the story could have fit in any time period. It didn't need to be set in the 2000s, but it was just there because of the context of the story. I I just thought it was really well done. Because, uh, you saw this film, right? I did. And I'm I'm one of the people who wasn't as enamored by it as everyone else. Because okay. everyone else I've spoken to fell in love with it. And I think it's it might be because I, th- I feel like Greta Gerwig's style doesn't really mesh well with me personally or it doesn't it doesn't hit me as well uh, i don't think she really has much of a style like she it's it's, it's kind of a flat film if you think stylistically uh, i mean like in the sense that like it feels it feels very like it's flat still feels a bit hipstery but not oh, yeah. like not 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 obnoxiously so but it's still one of those things that like it didn't it didn't hit me personally so i th- i feel like i need to rewatch it it's one of those movies that like I, i'm willing to rewatch just to see how I feel about it, like, looking forward. But um, I, th- I think everyone is great, but it's just, yeah, just, it didn't, just, it didn't work for me personally. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, can see, I can see why it would go for a lot of people. Yeah, no, and I can kind of see the same thing. Like, you know, that's what I've always said about Moonlight, where I'm like, I recognize everything that's great in Moonlight. It doesn't connect with me personally, but I know why it connects with everybody else really. really exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's fair enough. I think there's... Uh, I think people forget that there's the value in that kind of argument. I mean, they're still wrong if they like Force Awakens. I mean, uh, not for Last Jedi, but... Miss, <laughs> <laughs> <Man>, shut up. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just poking the bear. But, um, yeah, so that, I, I feel really glad. I'm just happy that I, I got a, a weekend like that to have three movies in a row. And at least two of them I really, really liked a lot, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, now remember, I actually, I actually did... I didn't do three, but I did two this year. Where um, I went to go see Your Name. Oh, yeah? And then immediately after, I went to go see uh, Train Spotting 2. Wow. Talk about opposites. <laughs> right? <laughs> this lovely story about this, this lovely animated story followed by a bunch of heroin addicts. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel so sad that Train Spotting 2 was one of those films that everyone just kind of went, oh, that was a thing. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, it's one of those things I feel is one of the most overlooked movies because I think it's great. I think it's on par with the original. Okay. Like it, it I think it, I think it does well to advance the story while still kind of maintaining a lot of the style and and wit that people liked about the original. Fair enough. And I think Danny Boyle is one of our great directors still working today. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, He's absolutely I think he I think he would put uh you'd go really high in my top 10 favorites like looking back on everything. Yeah, I mean he he has a few misses on his list and that's fair enough. Everyone has at least one that's like yeah. Eh, that one was okay. But <laughs> but no, he's he's fucking fantastic. Indeed. 
Uh, all right then. So for with catching up done through, let's go through this list here. So there's only one major critic group thing that happened, and that was the winners from the previously talked about Los Angeles online film critics. And sure enough, that film that dominated the nominations, Shape of Water, totally won. So it, it took the. Pr- well, man, like I, I, I'm happy that like Shape of Water is actually building this much traction because honestly, I didn't think. Remember the first time I showed up, I said it's gonna get a lot of nominations, but not gonna win a lot of stuff, and it's been racking some stuff up. Yeah, I mean, it's still wait again. It's a weird thing. It's like we really just don't know who's gonna win some of the big prizes. But I mean, Shape of Water is opening this weekend at my local theater, so I can't wait to see it. But um, oh, you'll love it. I'm surely sure. But yeah, so it took Best Picture, Best Actress. Uh, best male director again, the separately equal for male and female director, which um, is still weird <laughs> and totally kind of weird. Yeah, it's strange and a little bit demeaning, I think. Yeah, um, and then it also took best music, so that's really cool. That, no, um, that, 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 that's great. I'm I'm super happy for it. Yeah, I mean, and most of the winners are kind of we're it's weird where we're seeing a lot of the similar repeat winners, and then we're seeing a lot of diverse winners. Like Gary Oldman took best actor, of course. It seems mm-hmm. like he's kind of becoming the guy to beat this year. And plus, like, it's it's the, it's the British prestige piece that we need, like, every year. And also the fact that Gary Oldman, um, I posted a photo on my Facebook, I mean, not a photo, a video on my Facebook, to show how much of a freaking chameleon that dude is. Like, literally every movie, he can look just completely different from the last Right? <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Just, like, you know, you put on a fat suit, you put on some glasses, just do a little bit of hair changing. Just somehow this dude can look totally unlike himself in every role. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But, it, dude, hey, it's why he's one of our great actors today. Oh, yeah. No, and he's finally, like... I was the guy who was super happy. Everyone's like, oh, man, Leo DiCaprio should have gotten nominated that year for this film. And it's like, nah, dude, Gary Oldman for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy totally deserved to get some recognition because he was really, really, really good in that movie. But, um, yeah, Allison Janney took Supporting Actress for I, Tanya. Yes. Um, I, l- I love her in I, Tanya, man. Like, yeah. she's, she's so great. I can't wait. I, I really want that to come out to my theater here. Uh, surprisingly, Patrick Stewart and Michael Stuhlbarg for Call Me By Your Name and then Logan uh, previously – tied for supporting actor this year uh which, which you don't see you don't see a lot of ties just in these awards in general but no. i'm happy that logan finally got some love yeah no it's been getting a few nominations and stuff here and there and i'm still curious so, like both these guys are kind of on my uh my optional list like you know right on the cusp of getting a supporting actor nomination so yeah. it, it's it's hard to say supporting actor i think is really just a toss-up this year which is usually not the case most years Right? Yeah, yeah, usually there's, like, one clear and, like, concise winner that, like... I remember when J- when J.K. Simmons showed up for Whiplash, everyone's like, no, he's winning. He's yeah. Winning. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no other... Like, you're just here for second place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, this year, it's hard to think because I know Richard Jenkins for sure. Oh, he's um, getting nominated. I, yeah, I think Michael, he's for sure. Michael Stuhlbarg yeah. for sure. Um, um, you know, I, I think maybe, but it depends on how people respond to Call Me By Your Name. Because I, I feel think, like... I think a lot of critics have been, like, this is one of the... Remember, we were talking about, this is one of the front runners. So, I think that Michael Stuberg will at least get a nomination, for sure. Here's hoping. I mean, he he has, like, one giant scene that everyone says is one of the best parts of the movie. So, maybe that could be his, you know, Oscar clip, if he can, if he can submit it that way. And I think one other one that, uh... I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've been hearing a lot of buzz is Idris Elba in Molly's Game. Because I know, I heard he has I don't think that's going to happen. I haven't seen it, but the people I've talked to who have seen it says he has like two big scenes and he fucking knocks it out of the park in those scenes. So I I still need to see it to make uh, make a a clear judgment call myself. But at least that's what I've been hearing. 
you know, and actually, funny enough, I've been hearing that, you know, for all the controversy, for all the last-minute stuff that happened with this film, Christopher Plummer might get an Oscar nomination for all the money in the world. Man! <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? Like, you, you showed up on call. Like, it's like, it's like you show up on, like, your sick day. Like, you weren't even supposed to show up. But then you show up, and then you get employee of the month because you showed up <laughs> on that day. That's what this is. Yeah, it pretty much is. And apparently, uh, all the reviews I've been seeing, because they're finally releasing the reviews for All the Money in the World, everyone's like, yeah, he was a last-minute replacement, but he freaking owned that role. So, <laughs> Man. <laughs> that's, you know, and to be fair, I think someone made the point, too. It's like, if Kevin Spacey had stuck to the role, we have to deal with his horrible makeup job, or at least his really obvious makeup job that he had in that one. So that might have been distracting. Christopher Plummer, you don't need no makeup on him. So nope. <laughs> he is that he is that age, so <laughs> Man. And apparently um Christopher Plummer was actually Ridley Scott's first pick for the role, but he had to go go to Kevin Spacey because of star power, quote quote. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the studio was like, no, he's not big enough. We need someone like Spacey. He's really he's he's a star. And um, little do they know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a case where you should have trusted the director. <laughs> but um, so, and then you know, speaking of Molly's Game, last two, you know, the big awards like um, Aaron Sorkin won adapted screenplay for Molly's Game. I, I mean, it seems like everyone's got this love hate relationship with Aaron Sorkin. Where like some people are like, man, Molly's Game got this great sh- uh, you know killer script and stuff. And I saw a couple of reviews recently. They're like. Ah, oh, it's overwritten. It's so Aaron Sorkin-y, if that's even a verb. You know, the, the, the thing is, yeah, that it's you can tell an Aaron Sorkin script when you hear it. And yep. I think for me, he's also very hit or miss, mostly uh, hit. Like Social Network's great, but then uh, stuff like the Newsroom will indulge indulge in like the worst of his tendencies. Oh yeah, and kind of super like, oh, in hindsight, this is what should have happened. It's like, no. We didn't know that. Yeah, the great but... white liberal hope in, in there. Exactly, Sorkin. man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm very much, I'd say, like, a, not to get political, but, like, I feel like I'm more of a left-leaning, way more of a left-leaning person, but Newsroom was, like, the worst <laughs> of that kind of it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you know, people even accuse that in some of his best work, like The West Wing, where it's like, yeah, it's liberal fantasy, you know, so much, but it's also really well done enough that it kind of... It's not overbearing, but yeah, exactly. newsroom is him unfiltered. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Like I, I honestly couldn't get past the first season because they did it so much. Yeah. But thankfully, the other guy, you know, slightly less political, who's just dominating the original screenplay prize, Jordan Peele for Get Out. Man, the thing is, is I'm I'm super happy about this because it's all those things where it's one of the tightest screenplays I've read. It goes maybe really ever. fast. Because yeah. The, and plus, like it goes. They tease so many things that you don't clue in to until re- you rewatch it, and then it's like, holy shit! Like he planned all of this, and it's so just it, like I said, just so tight that it's it's astounding to me. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I think I definitely agree that it deserves to be nominated. Um, I need I need to see more of the films to see if it deserves to win or not. But I mean. I'm getting to this point, you know, again, at first I was shocked by the super love for Get Out, but the more I'm seeing, like, you know, like, okay, look, it's clearly a huge critic and audience favorite. I don't mind if it's starting to get recognized as much here. You know, uh, I'm still debatable on Daniel Kaluuya, but I wouldn't be surprised again if he did get an actor nomination this year. I, this thing, I don't, I think he'll, like, he, he'll he make the shortlist, but I don't think he'll get in it, but, um, yeah, no, screenplay, screenplay, I think it's 100% that's going to win for original screenplay, at least. Definitely. Uh, speaking of shortlist, now we're moving on to the shortlist. Woo! Yay! 
All right. So uh, for people who don't know, for a lot of categories, you know, because there's a lot of submissions, sometimes they'll narrow it down to a certain list, but sometimes they won't. It, it, there's different rules depending on which branch of the Oscars you belong to. But they've released a few of the short lists this last week just to clarify what you can vote for. And I, <laughs> there's two of them that we don't really need to go too in-depth on because we're going to... Best Picture, pretty much just if you made a movie this year, you're eligible for Best Picture. Yep. <laughs> the Emoji Movie is eligible for Best Picture. Uh, yeah, so that one, I guess, is just a, here's a reminder of all the movies that came out this year if you're too lazy to look through Wikipedia or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. I mean, and that, we don't need to talk too much about that one. But, uh, and then also, I mean, uh, let's see. So uh, the first one here I want to talk about is one we didn't talk about last week, which was Best Foreign Language Shortlist. So... Um, there was some interesting stuff here. They left off quite a few movies that people thought would make it. Uh, yeah. And, and then a few that I thought might get left out and they totally slid in. So I believe it's down to nine movies. Yes, nine films. And you know what? Since I read all the time here, do you want to read this, Shaquille? Yeah, I can read these. All right. Um, so get, so yeah, the, the <laughs> lay it on me, got man. nominated from... Uh, should I name the country, too, just in case? Oh, yeah, just the country and the film title. You can skip the director's oh, yeah. name. All right, yeah, from Chile, it's A Fantastic Woman. From Germany, In the Fade, Hungary, On Body and Soul, Israel, Foxtrot, Lebanon, The Insult, Russia, Loveless, uh, Senegal, Felicité, South Africa, The Wound, and Sweden, The Square. Now, out of these, like, out of this list, the one I've heard the most uh, people talk about uh, has been A Fantastic Woman in The Square. The Square, I feel like it's a lot of people's favorite but I feel like it's also an extremely kind of divisive movie. Oh, where, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that it'll kind of cancel itself out. But I think A Fantastic Woman could possibly make it. Out of, like, out of the ones that I've heard of. Yeah, I think also A Fantastic Woman has the hindrance of, you know, I mean, not in the whole transphobic thing, but, you know, because it is about a transgendered actor kind of thing, that it may, mm. some of the more conservative members of the Oscars might have some issues with that. That's true. But I think that it is also a chance for them to go, well, we want to represent diversity, and they've been making a huge push for that in the last two years. So mm. it's possible. I mean, and I do, I do agree the Square. That one is a big, you know, it, it's it's not so much that people don't like it, but I think people respond to it very weirdly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and that, that made no sense what I just said. But basically. Yeah. But no, <laughs> um, it, like, it, it gets very, di- yeah, very, like, split reactions with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then looking at the other list, so Russia, the guy Loveless, who directed that, I believe he's the same guy who did Leviathan, which also got nominated before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel bad saying that Leviathan bored me. So, you know, like it's one of those films that I really respect how good a movie it is. I will never watch it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> Wait, is it just depressing or just not good? Like you just didn't like it? It's just long. It's okay. freaking like three hours long, and it's all about you know pretty much government people suck. And Damn. Author- authority <laughs> sucks, you know, because ultimately it's a dude who gets, you know, oh, it's hard to explain. There's a whole bunch of legal complications and pretty much ends up with the main character going to jail for the wife's murder that he didn't do. And the, you know, the leader dude's just getting away scot-free. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, that's a morbid and very Russian ending to this story. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I suspect that there might be some love for him. You know, ironically enough, a loveless movie. <laughs> but uh, he's also been getting nominated a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the list. And then uh, Foxtrot I've heard a lot about, too. Like, it's been making a few of the top ten lists I've seen recently. Really? 
Yeah, no, and <laughs> there's that one gif and meme that's been going around of the dude doing that crazy dance uh, with his gun. <laughs> like, oh, I, yes! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that's bringing it to people's attention, just like, oh, yeah, you remember this scene? <laughs> um, so, it, now it's going to be interesting, though, because there's the whole controversy with what happened in Israel um, with Trump recently. You know, yeah, about... oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so that's the problem. It's like, I mean, look, okay, politics, I get can affect people it shouldn't affect people like that but i think it's just i really hope it doesn't if it is genuinely a good movie which it sounds yeah. like from everyone i've heard they really really liked it um and i think in the fade has the advantage of it came out of cans it was a big hit there it won an acting prize because it's uh dan kruger in the re- lead role mm-hmm. so i think it has a little bit more of a popular vote to it uh, in my opinion so I think I've already made my top five just from, from that alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this prediction. I think I might update it on my official round two pick, which hope to see within this next week as a little Christmas gift for you all. <laughs> uh, which you're, anything, you're also welcome. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna. Well, I don't. I'm not sure if they'll actually make it into like the finals, like the final like nominations. But I'd like to see Felicite and the Wound uh, get a nomination because I, I listen. I would like to see more African cinema get represented. So. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, South Africa's won a few times. Like, uh, Sotsi was from South Africa. Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen it yet, but I, th- my mom has it on DVD. I have to go pick it up from her. Oh, nice. Because um, uh, that guy went on to do um, uh, Ender's Game. And, mm-hmm. oh, he also did this really great movie called Eye in the Sky, if you ever heard of that one. I've heard of it, yes. That one, too. Yeah, which, I mean, okay, you know, he did also do Wolverine, uh, X-Men Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we can kind of ignore that, because that was him just getting bullied by the system. But, <laughs> oh, uh, boy. I do like using the, the wound. Yes, the wound. <laughs> the, the wound. wound. <laughs> but, yeah. Also, no, I, listen, Senegal, uh, fucking Felicité is a French title, so I, I need to... Uh, I support the French direction. Well, uh, is, does Senegal speak French normally? I, I yeah, Senegal's say... mostly, yeah, it's a, it's a French-speaking country. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. Because that's the funny thing when you realize Africa, it's like, there's all these different dialects, but there's quite a few French-speaking countries where the French yeah, is like the national language. Yeah, mostly, yeah, most countries, yeah, most like, African countries will have French as, like, a lead language. Yeah, like Ivory Coast, Senegal, and uh, quite a few other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, on that note, though, I think... It's just going to be a surprise. I, I feel like foreign language film, there's always that one where it's like, oh, I didn't expect that one to make the list. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens up there. It's kind of surprising the films that got omitted. Like, um, yeah, uh, Happy End with Michael Haneke. Usually he's a he's a Academy favorite. Yeah, which it's funny because, you know, there's that weird, you know, I know Chris Cox for sure is not a fan of Michael Haneke. Like, he's seen a whole bunch of his movies and does not like any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that might be true with some people on the voting committee where it's like, you either really, really like this guy or you really, really don't. And I don't blame you if you don't. He's a very acquired taste, you know, for as He film. makes depressing ass shit. He almost makes non-movies. But I guess if you like that kind of experimental European art film kind of stuff where it's like, you know, you decide what this means to you kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, I also heard that Happy End is maybe not his best work, where it's just like, yeah, it was fine. Um, but then uh, Thelma from Norway got it omitted, too. Yeah. That one's, yeah, that, actually, that's one I I have heard quite a bit about. Yeah, no, that one was surprising. And then, uh, um, oh, yeah, Beats for Minute didn't make it, which I, I, it seemed like that was the one that everyone was predicting to make it onto the list. It's, it's I think it's one of the more high-profile ones that got mentioned, but I don't think I heard enough uh, actual, like, like critical praise for people to go like all right yeah you know we we need to we need to support this one 
But, yeah, because uh, I know it was um, it made it to the Golden Globe list, but then again, like like I said, Golden Globes are not very good at predicting foreign language films because also <laughs> first they killed my father by Angelina Jolie did not make the list either. So yeah, which that one I I, I didn't think would in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I know uh, Ian was a big fan of it. I I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it fairly. But it seemed like everyone was just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's just Angelina Jolie, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we've said enough we can about uh, foreign language film. We're going to have a fun time talking about the makeup category here. Cause, oh, uh, man. Seven films got nominated. There's one gigantic glowing how the frick did this happen omission. But um, yeah. <laughs> we'll let you guys figure this out because, Shaquille, can you read off the list here and tell us what is on the list? All right. For makeup, just give me a sec. Yes, <laughs> I got it. All right. The, the nomination, the, the short list for makeup is Bright, Darkest Hour, Ghost in the Shell, what? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, <laughs> I, Tanya, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. Which is... That's such an odd list. Okay, and, <laughs> because... and again, do you guys notice which one of those films didn't get named that should have been the obvious pick for this one? Yeah. Uh, Freaking little... Shape of Water! Where yeah, of is Shape of things... Water? Yeah, of all things for Shape of Water to get nominated for, this should have been one of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Freaking my whole thing bright? is... What? Yeah, bright fucking ghost in the shell which is for my money that's still the worst thing i've seen this year Uh, but like it it is no like visual effects can go maybe but like actual makeup no like what what other big i mean okay i i can't judge fairly because it's hard to tell makeup from visual effects sometimes but it's like what other like where's the makeup on ghost in the shell is it just like the way the hair is done is it way the certain you know like what? Uh, freaking what's his name? Beat Takeshi's hair? <laughs> you know? No, like, no, you know what it is? It's they're try- they tried their damnedest to make Scarlett Johansson look Asian. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. But uh, b- bright, I can kind of see with like the orcs and all that stuff. It's the same thing that like suicide that got Suicide Squad. Uh, I-, I think win. it's the same team too. So. Yeah. So I I can understand that. Darkest Hour clearly Gary Oldman. Well, yeah. Um, Guardians, Guardians I can, of course. Obviously, yeah, all the makeup. I, Tanya, I can understand also because yeah, sure. We all we all know Margaret Robbie is a beautiful woman, and they actually managed to like make her just look like not ugly per se, but like they make her look very trashy. Yeah, very and rough. They, yeah. they make yeah, they make every everyone like all the actors. They make them look like dirty and just kind of like. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't even recognize um, what's his name, uh, Winter Soldier, dude. Uh, Sa- it's Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Stan Sebastian. I'm like, I know that's wrong. <laughs> but, uh, mm. Yeah, that's. Um, I I I haven't seen Victoria and Abdul, and I know nothing about it aside from is that the, is that the one that J- uh, Dame Judi Dench is in? Yeah. So it 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 fills that slot of the you know the period pieces that get nominated for this occasionally. You know, just like mm. oh, it's so lavish makeup for really simple makeup jobs. And then Wonder, you know, it's the, it's the kid's face show, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I, Wonder, I guess, has that, you know, that indie credit being the little film that could to make, you know, $200 million when no one expected it to. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah, so. But uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that Shave Water didn't make it. Should have just taken out Ghost in the Shell. That shouldn't be nominated for nothing. Yeah. Ever. Also, uh, freaking It. Uh, uh, where's the It nomination? That makeup job for Pennywise was great, you know? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. You, you'd be, I, I'd be, I'm surprised that it's not on there, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just going to get shut out this Oscar race, which is a shame. But, you know, horror film, unless you're Jordan Peele, you, it's really hard to get into uh, into the Oscar race with the horror yeah. film. 
So, all right, okay, whatever. <laughs> We're not gonna get an Exorcist this year with like, oh, we had the... <laughs> this yeah, the, is the... <laughs> the horror film that goes ma- that goes to, like all the way to the Academy. Yeah, um, one visual sh- uh, well, one shortlist. I just spoiled it. The visual effects shortlist. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this one's interesting. I'll, I'll read this one. Um, <laughs> it's a grab bag, and I mean it's mostly deserving films, and most I don't disagree with. Although that very first one there, if you notice. Alien Covenant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, okay, look. The effect work was fine in Alien Covenant, so I'm not angry at that. I'm surprised, but sure. Um, And then Blade Runner 2049, which, for my money, should win. I I think that's some of the best visual effect work I've seen all year. But um, Dunkirk, yay. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, hmm. Uh, Island, sure. I'm I'm cool with that, yeah. Yeah. Okja, sure. Yeah, I thought those effects were pretty good. Shape of Water, Okay, that one's going to be debatable because maybe they'll put it in because it did get a makeup nomination, but we'll see. Uh, Last Jedi, I mean, that was a, That was a given. Yeah. Uh, Valerian, which surprised me. Which, remember, remember I talked about this last time. Yeah, uh, no, it's, I mentioned it's, it's that great. I wanted, like, I wanted to see yeah, Valerian get, get some love because it is, it is a visually, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, no, they spent a lot of money on those effects and they look really, really, like, colorful and vast. It's just... It's just surprising that it would made it through that first shortlist to this last shortlist here. But um, there's that. And then, of course, War for the Planet of the Apes. Which, also a given, because, you know, the, the, the Planet of the Apes movies is, like, some of the... While they're not as, like, over like over and over the top with their effects, it's just the amount of detail they put in just to the apes is still stunning. Oh, yeah. And then that one, I think, is my second choice for visual effects this year. Because it's like, yeah, when you think of the, you know, level of work they have to do to capture the minute emotional details on the apes' faces and that stuff, it's really, really impressive, you know? Yeah, and then it makes you think of, like, other movies. Like, why don't you guys have technology like this? And why is it not more, <laughs> like, frequent? I'm sure they spend a lot of money more than some of those other films do, but... Although, it does make the case where it's like, you know, other films like, say, um, the motion capture for Tarkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, that one was going to, was doomed to fail no matter what, I think. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I mean, I can kind of already see where I think the five nominations is going to go to in this one. Although, it's going to be a close call for a couple of them. Because it depends on if they want the big, lavish effects or if they want some of the more minute effects in this one. Yeah. I mean, because um, Dunkirk, you know, it's a really well-made movie, but you wouldn't notice the visual effect work, honestly. That's but the I thing. Feel... I, th- I think that's that might, yeah, that might be what puts it over because it's effects that we can't tell. Yeah, so, and I think you know, Dunkirk, I feel is going to get quite a few nominations come Oscar time. So, oh, I absolutely. Think... On like the technical side, it's going to rack up nominations. Well, definitely sound, definitely editing, definitely cinematography, probably production design, and probably visual effects for sure, mm-hmm. and and music. So I can already see that, and, and you know, I'm calling it right here, folks. There you go. But, um, yeah, I, I really, I mean, I, I know Alien Covenant's not going to make it. No. Uh, Valerian probably won't make it, but I would, wouldn't be shocked if it did. Yeah. I don't Shave think Oakjaw's of... making it. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the effects are good in Oakjaw, but, it, you know, there is some love for Oakjaw, but I don't know if it's enough. And probably not for Kong either. It's like, yeah, Kong has good visual effects, but I don't think people like that movie enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm shocked Thor didn't make it. I, I thought that should have been on the list, but, you know, I guess there's only room for one Marvel film that everyone loved, and they went to the most un- undeserving one, but, okay. I feel, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, I think it'll go into what, um, uh, well, the, the category I'm thinking of, is it uh, Best Production Design? I think if Thor goes for anything, or if it goes on the short list for anything, it would probably go for that. 
Oh, it's probably on the short list, but I doubt it's going to get nominated for that at all. So Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, it's a good solid contenders. I cannot wait to see what actually makes the list, because most of these are pretty well-deserving, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but going from there, I mean, just a quick glance at the uh, original score list. It's a mile long, so... Oh, oh I can read it really fast if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we got Alien Covenant, all I see is all the money in the world, Alien Allocation. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm gonna go full auction on this. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, I'm sure... If you had a p prediction for any, like, film to get nominated for original score, it's on this list. Yeah. You know? uh, and I, ca I do kind of want to read it just to see how fast I can go. <laughs> go ahead, man. Dude, put, a, put, a put a clock on this and, like, put, like, a post uh, note and just, like, how long it was. All right, we're at 45 minutes. Ready? Go. Alien Covenant, All I See Is You, All the Money in the World, Animal Creation, Bat Bandit, Battle of Sexes, Baywatch, Beauty and the Beast, Big Sick, Blade Runner 2049, Book of Henry, Born in China, The Boss Baby, Boston, Brad Status, Brawl and Cell Block 99, The Breadwinner, Breathe, Breezy Bear, Br Brimstone and Glory, Count Underpants, the first epic movie, Ca Cars 3, Circle, Coco, Crimes of Syria, Cure for Wellness, Darkest Hour, Despicable Me 3, Disaster Artist, Down uh, Dog's Purpose, Downsizing, Drawing Home, Dunkirk, Earth 1, Amazing Day, The Fantastic Woman, Fate of the Furious, Father Figures, Ferdinand, Fifty Shades Darker, Film... Stars will die in Liverpool, first they kill my father, get out, a ghost story, gifted, the glass castle, uh, <laughs> going in style, good time, goodbye, good robbers, gook, guardians of the galaxy, volume two, caveman's bodyguard, hostiles, house, human flow, inconvenient, sequel, truth power, it, jane, jumanji, welcome to the jungle, justice league, capital's dream, Cap king arthur, the legend of the sword, kings of the gold circle, kong, skull island, la92, lbj, ladybird, lake of fire, last Flight flying, lego batman movie, lego ninjago movie, Lister seeker, <laughs> let it fall, life, logan, lost city of z, loveless, loving missus, the man who invented christmas, mark Fowler brought the man who brought it in the white house, marshall, mary's and the witch's flower, Maudie's molly's game, moomins in the winter wonderland, the mountain between us, mudbound, the mummy, murder and Ernest express, my cousin rachel, Norman, the moderate rising track follow of New York Fixer, Oakjaw, Oklahoma City, the only living boy in New York, only the brave, RL Souls at Night, Paris Can Wait, Patty Cakes, Phantom Thread, the Pirates of Somalia, the Pirates of Caribbean, Dan Mathalino Tales, the Post, B Professor Marston, and the Wonder Women, the Promise, Puli Murugan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Raw, the Robichay, Israel Esquire, Samus Power Rangers, Same Kind of Difference as Me, The Second Coming of Christ, Several Like Girl, The Shack, Shape of Water, Slip Away, The Summers of Lost Village, Spider Man Homecoming, Split, The Star, the Star Wars Last Jedi, Step, Stronger, Suburbicon, So Great. Thank you for your service. The, their finest film, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Three Bombers Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Think of Challenge. Tommy's Honor. Traffic. Triple, uh, Transformers Last Night. Triple X. Return of Xander Cage. Victoria Abdul. Voice in the Stone. Wakefield. War for the Planet of the Apes. Wilson. River, uh, Wind River. Wonder Wonder Woman. One Struck. And Year by the Sea. Wow. Two minutes exactly. <laughs> Woo. Oh, two minutes exactly. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make Woo! a note of this in the post-production, people. Just oh you know. my god, that dude, my I turned into fucking mushmouth fat Albert, man. No, you did a great job. That was awesome. Oh, some of these movies that I was reading, I completely forgot existed. Like Smurf, The Lost Village. Also, why is it Saban's Power Rangers? Come on, people, it's yeah. Power Rangers. <laughs> But no, Puli Murugan, that, that had to stop and slow down because I was like, how the fuck do you pronounce that? <laughs> uh, you did as good a job as I could have guessed. Oh, I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I, I had my front runners and picks for this one. Like, I still think Blade Runner 2049 should be nominated. I know there's some, you know, yeah, there's Backlash 20, 2049, but I think that's a great, great score throughout oh, it's, it. I think it. I think it should, obviously. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, Darkest Hour, I think... Dario Marinelli is one of the greatest composers working right now, and he just pumps out score after great score. Um, 
freaking uh, Dunkirk's probably going to get in. Uh, the Post. I think The Post is going to get in for John Williams over Star Wars, personally. Because, you know, I, I said this about The Force Awakens, and I've kind of lightened up on it, but I still don't think Last Jedi's score was all that impressive, personally. Um, I'd have to I'd have to listen to it again just because there's nothing that stands out about because it, it feels it's it's Star Wars, but um, uh, it, personally for me I know um Dunkirk for sure, uh Blade Runner for sure, or at Shape least not for sure but I'd like to see it uh, Shape of Water definitely yeah um I would like to see one for Get Out because at the very least the score is memorable um I think that may be a little bit hard. Like, it just doesn't have as much prestige behind it compared to some others. But it, possible. It doesn't, yeah. but I, th- I think it could. Um, <laughs> one one of these movies that like surprised me in the sense of like in the, it's the shortlist, but then again, everything's on here. But fucking father figures. This <laughs> just came out. I don't think anyone <laughs> likes this movie, but it's uh, got that shortlist. Some people, uh, except some people on oneofus.net, unfortunately. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, did you listen? Did you listen to? The I haven't review? listened to the review yet. Not yet. Uh, Oh, you know, man. <laughs> I, I love those guys, but I can't believe they were like, oh, you know, it's a very humanizing movie and managed to actually create some characters out of that one. I'm like, <laughs> I can see from the trailer. I mean, again, I haven't seen it. I really just have no desire to see it, but. Watch it be one of the best movies of the year and we just didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. You know, and actually originally that movie was supposed to be called Bastards. Yeah, cause... I was just about to mention, yeah, no, I remember when it was called Bastards. <laughs> and then they're like, that probably wouldn't be so good to have a giant marquee with the word bastards on it. You know, just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but... Okay, you know, sure. I mean, that got nominated. Cure for Wellness, which nobody liked, got nominated. I mean, it was on the short list, at least. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's pretty much... If you made a score this year, you're on this list. (laughs) And I think, if I see here, there's no notable omissions... Uh, there's a questionable one because Beauty and the Beast got nominated, you know, which is technically an adapted score, but I guess it's original enough because it's the same composer. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll throw out another one. I'd I, I like to see. I know for a fact it won't get in, but watch, like, Triple X Return of Xander Cage get a nomination. <laughs> We'd all just be like, what? <laughs> oh, man. That would, uh, that would be crazy for sure. I would laugh so hard. I would just vote for that on principle. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so it's going to be a fun race for this one. I think it's already pretty set in stone who are the, you know, biggest contenders for original score. But, you know, sometimes there are the surprises. Like I said, people will just vote for ones where I'm like, I went to pick that one, but it's not a bad score. You know, kind of thing. Oh, um, what, I think Wonder Woman has a shot. Ah, yeah. It's not a bad score. I'm yeah. Just... I th- I, yeah, I'm not, I don't think it'll make, like, the final cut. But I think it's one that could, be, like, if... The, if they say they do a, like a smaller shortlist, I think it, it could stay on for a little bit. I'd like to see them do a smaller shortlist because I mean this is a lot of stuff, and I'm sure they don't want to limit any. I mean to to omit anyone who would be worthy, but I think like you know we spent two minutes going through every single mention on this. Yeah. list. <laughs> Give us a break, people. That's what uh, 145 movie uh, scores that you read off. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh man. Actually, wait. No, no, no. 145. 141. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because last <laughs> year... I'm just tired. I'm just just, just breathing. <laughs> just got, I got to regain breathing. Well, I will not make you do that for this next shortly here, because the last one on our discussion here is Best Song, which, 
Again, there's like 70 nominees on this list, so I'm not going to make you read those ones. No, 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 no. Because no. then I have to name the song and the movie, and yeah, no, I don't need to do that. Yeah, um, your jaw is going to fall off its hinges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break something. <laughs> but, I mean, it's mostly, you know, a lot of the usual predictions. Beauty and the Beast got a couple. Um, I don't think it deserves any because I didn't think the songs were very good in Beauty and the Beast. But yeah. Like, I mean, because Beauty and the Beast is one of my favorite musicals of any, like, any stage or movie thing. It's one of my all-time favorite musical films ever. And just these new songs were just kind of okay. You know, they're they're not, they're just very, they're, they tune in and out, I feel. Um, I'm surprised Book of Henry got quite a few things on the short list here and there. Right? <laughs> I thought people would have forgot about that one. Um, you know, I think if I remember, um... Probably most certainly getting on this list is uh, Mudbound for Mary J. Blige. I think I, she's she's for sure getting one. Yeah, that, I think that's so. the one that's come up the most. Yeah, and I think you know, hey, Mudbound maybe it's a little bit iffy on its all, like you know, on how much of an Oscar contender it is. But that one for sure, that's gonna be an easy get, I think, for that film. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, there's just so much. Although one that I am excited for, I only know a few people have seen um, film stars don't die in Liverpool. But freaking Elvis Costello wrote the song for that film, so I'm I'm excited because Elvis Costello is a great, great musician. If you know him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know Elvis Costello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just had to make sure, but yeah, hey, he he writes great music, and I need to look. I, I, the big thing with this shortlist, it makes me want to go and look up all these scores and songs. You know, like mm. I'm probably over the weekend. I'm just gonna go through my Spotify playlist and look for every single one of these to see, like, huh, which ones do I agree with? Kind of yeah, thing. um, I know one of them that personally I would like to see get original song. It's a movie that not a lot of people saw, or but I think the people who did enjoyed it was uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99, uh, oh, Buddy's Business really by the OJs, is such a great song. Like, it, it, the thing is, it, it, the whole soundtrack is very much a kind of like a 70s kind of style that like a throwback to like that whole genre, the whole movie in general, but it's all new original music. <laughs> And it feels like something of that era, and it works so great. It's it's a song. If uh, have you seen the trailer at all for it? For oh Bob yeah, no, I, I heard it's, a lot it's of that reviews. song that plays in the trailer. Oh okay. No, it's a, it's a great song. Yeah, no, I mean even just looking at this um, the list here, they mentioned a few things like um, so yeah, so that one uh, you said it was the OJ's. Um, I think Detroit is gonna get some love here because it's gonna get shut out in like almost everything else. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, Questlove who did the song for that one. Oh, so, really? Yeah, and I think that one is like, okay, there's some good, you know, there's some good love right now for Questlove. They're kind of, you know, resurged again, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Re- Remember Me will probably get nominated because, like, Pixar. Pixar usually has one of these. <laughs> they usually yeah. get a lot for these. But um, is, oh, I, I, I love that song, so, like, I'd like to see it get on there. Yeah, and I think, um, I'm sure Greatest Showman will get one or two, you know, on this list here, because it's the La La Land guys behind it, and, you know, even if the film itself is getting kind of mixed reviews, most of the reviews are saying the music's really good in it, so. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you're, you, there's just a few other ones, like, uh, <laughs> they're talking about the one that Nick Jonas did for Ferdinand, which I doubt is going to make it, people. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and then the remember me also it has the advantage that it's um freaking what's his name uh robert lopez from the book of mormon and, and um frozen who, who wrote music there you know what should get a nomination it should be uh, what's his name um the devil and the huntsman from king arthur oh <laughs> uh, boy well, what did you just make people i actually like explode? king arthur more than most like i know it's a mess but it's one of those movies that like because it's so crazy and kind of messy that 
there was a charm to me. At least I was charmed by it. Because the parts that worked the least in that movie are the parts I enjoyed the most. Like, the most Guy Ritchie-ish parts. Yeah. Uh, also, just a note here, they mentioned that, uh, you know, we always say that John Williams is like, you know, he's the most probably nominated uh, composer ever. But technically, Alan Menken has won more Oscars than any person for his song and scores in anything. Like, how many, how many has he won? Eight. Jeez. Yeah, and I think it's split because he's won best song some years and then best song and score a few years. Like, um... There was a there was a string of time where he did that for Aladdin, Beating the Beast, and Little Mermaid. You know, yeah, back back. that's he, true. Yeah, yeah. But then he would win Best Song. You know, a couple odd years for like um, I want to say he did the song for Pocahontas. I don't want to. Don't quote me on that. I will double check that. He, I'm, but, yeah, I'm um, looking right now. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. But um, yeah. You know, he's just one of those guys. You know, he pops up. Uh, and he he's a great composer. I I think he's a little he bit was past working, his prime. He, he, yeah, because he was, the thing is, he was part of the Disney Renaissance, like, an essential component of the Disney Renaissance. So, like, him getting, now that you say that, like, he's won the most, I can see why. Yeah, yeah. No, he, you know, he's responsible. Him and um, his writing partner before that guy died, um, I forget his name, the guy who worked on him with Little Shop of Horrors. But, yeah. um, yeah, sorry, Horrors, in case yeah. you misheard <laughs> Little Shop of Hoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different musical. Yeah. <laughs> Giant killer. Giant killer hoe who tries to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that now. Right? But, um, yeah, so that's mostly, you know, it, there's a lot of people who are on this list. Um, uh, 10 Tricks, Point Never, obviously he's got some stuff for Good Time. And I think Good Time had some really good music throughout it. Oh, it's, um, it, you know, he's got a great music. I mean, it's probably not going to win ever, but... Uh, um, also, you know, just talking about Robert Lopez, he's technically the youngest ever EGOT winner. Uh, you know, the guy who's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Yeah, wait, wait, what's he won? Do you know what he's won for? Um, so it's mostly for Frozen, I think. Uh, oh, that. Uh... But then uh, he won. He won the Tony for Avenue Q and Book of Mormon. He won Grammys for the Book of Mormon um, soundtrack. Um, and I want to say he won an Emmy for something else. I don't remember which. But then the Oscar for um, uh, Frozen. Okay, he, he makes up for the other. He makes up for Frozen with the other ones. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he's a, like I. I remember listening to Avenue Q way back when I was in high school, and I mean, he's a great songwriter. You know, he's he's got some talent behind him. Oh, I for think, sure. Yeah, Remember Me is not going to be one of his classic songs, but it's not. It's far from the worst he's ever done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then otherwise, is there any other notes you wanted to make on that one? Or um, no, I think I said pretty much all I have to say about it. Like there, there's certain ones that show up more often than not. I, I, I have a very strong feeling that Mary J. Blige is going to win it. Just like uh, not possible. just not get the shortlist, but she's going to win. Yeah. Hey, I, I would not, I would not be or bad about that or mad about that. That's sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's not much to say about that. I'm just like, yes. I exactly. Um. On that note, then, I mean, I would usually save the space for the best ofs of the decade kind of thing, but. I feel like we should wait for Ian on that one, because yeah. I want to get a full, rounded opinion on that. Um, although, I, I can leave the choice to you. I was debating on going into technical categories, rather than the big ones, because I want to save those for the end of our run. Yeah, we can do te- we can do some technical stuff. Like, yeah, I know, so... like, cinematography, visual effects, um, Yeah, you know, I think that design. might be my pick, because I was debating between those two, and then um, music categories, so. Yeah, for sure. We can do that. Okay, cool. So, you'll find out next week, people, which one we decide on. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> just wanted to consult that with my uh, compadre here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I think that's all we need to talk about this week. Um, next week, I mean, I don't know the exact schedule, per se. I'm sure we'll just keep our eyes out on for any shortlists. Uh, I mean, it's Christmas. There's not a whole lot's going to happen over Christmas, so. 
Exactly. We'll, we'll decide on what date to actually record because of that and what's actually going to happen there. But just keep an eye out, people. There's, you know, Oscar stuff doesn't rest. I believe the nominations officially will be announced on the 23rd of January. So we have a few weeks leading up to that. Um, and then, like I said, I will probably update my prediction list um, within this next week. So, and Ian and Shaq are both welcome to add their thoughts if they want to talk about any of the big eight categories or all categories, if they're obsessive like me. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone is as obsessive like me. But uh, before we go, Shaq, tell the people where can they, they can find you, man. Oh, yes. You could find me on social media at Shaq Excellence. That's S-H-A-K Excellence. And um, also, in the in the near future, I believe in the next one or two weeks, I was a special guest on Horror News Radio's Decades of Horror 90s podcast where we talked oh. about dog soldiers. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It should, it should be coming out, I believe, either next week or in the new year. But yeah, just keep a lookout for that. It was a it was a good show. Nice. No, I have to check it out. Yeah, if if you don't have a link, I'll just search it up. But uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can find me Justin Zarian on social media as well. That's Z A R I A N. Um, I also obviously here I'm hosting and and do all the major work for this. But I also write all the notes for the Breakfast Pub, our subscriber only news podcast. Uh, really really fun. I love doing the job because I get to. It's an excuse to stay up to date with, you know, pop culture as it is kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's work, and it's something I can put on my resume. So, whew. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, you find me there. And then occasionally I'll pop on at other things. You know, I occasionally am, like, the odd host on that. I, you know, I, I fill in on a couple spots. Back in the day, if you look back for We Are Error, I was on a few of those recordings. So you can hear me geek out about Telltale Games and that sort of stuff in our very big epic Mass Effect review that we did earlier this year, which was... A lot of fun, and uh, I'm so I'm still so disappointed in that game. But that's right. beside the point. <laughs> Man, it's not that bad. Well, then again, I played it after they fixed no. a lot of the stuff. No, but... and I agree. It's not it's not as bad as everyone says it is. But thinking about it, it was just like, yeah, they really just could have done a lot better with that game. You know? Yeah, <laughs> no, that definitely. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's that's more of a disappointment there. But <laughs> oh, aside from that, I. I had a lot of fun talking about this, just the two of us. Woo. Yeah, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice little easygoing show. Yeah, yeah. No, we cut out an extra half hour because we'd have a third man on here, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, expect to see all three of us, including Ian, come back next week. And until then, hey, uh, keep on predicting people, and we will talk to you later. Oh, yeah, it'll be Christmas after, right? Like, after we, the next episode? Yeah, so hey. So, yeah, yo, Merry Christmas about... to everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas Happy to Happy holidays. All. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what gifts you got. So, hey, you know, if you, if you want to share your Christmas goodies, your your Oscar gold, if you will, for the holidays, just uh, leave <laughs> it in the comments below. So, <laughs> all right. See you later, folks. Later. <laughs>